Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. We hope you enjoy this week's message. For those of you who don't know, my name is Josue Laney. I'm the youth and young adults pastor here at GMC. So if you're part of the youth and young adults, you're like, oh, it's just that guy again, whatever. <laughs> but it's, it's, I've, I've been pastoring uh, to the youth and young adults for around a year now, and it has been really awesome. The, the community and the leaders that we have are, are so hungry and chasing after God, and it's been so cool seeing God moving in the, ne- the next generation, and it's, it's really an honor to be a part of it. And I just want to give an open invitation. Listen, if you're not uh, serving anywhere and you'd, li- you'd like to serve somewhere, youth, tsh, it's a good time. You get to worship Jesus with other people. You get to minister in the lives of the next generation. What more do you want, eh? It's, it's a good time. And uh, if you are a youth or a young adult and you're not going to youth or young adults, come on, guys. Come on down. It's a good time. It really is. It's, uh, it, it's empowering because if we try to do the Christian walk by ourselves, it's, it's hard. Why make it harder than it has to be when you can join in on a community? Anyways. Enough uh, shameless plugging. Today I want to talk about the sixth I am statement of Jesus. And last year since I've preached, you know, I I was a young whippersnapper, but now I have the wisdom of a married man. (laughs) So I think I'm qualified now to finally talk about this. It's it's what I've been training for. But yeah, I got to marry uh, my beautiful wife and best friend, Angelina. She is awesome in every way. Thank you. (laughs) So yeah, now that I have marriage wisdom, I can approach this this passage. Just kidding. Single people out there, you can approach any passage too because Jesus is all you need. So the the sixth I am statement of Jesus is wild. All right. So all of these statements so far have been crazy because this statement alone, I am, as Brenton talked about the first Sunday of the series, is insane. Like this name has so much power and so much authority. It is like, I can't even wrap my mind around it. Like I have little glimpses like, whoa, but it's, it's, it's like, I, I don't fully understand it. And I don't think any of us really do, because if we were to fully understand it, that would mean that we fully understand the depth, the glory, the power, the wonder of our God, and I think it's going to take us an eternity to even scratch the surface of that. And Jesus, in these I am statements, one thing that he's just repeatedly saying is that he is, and meaning that that's part of his covenant name. That means he's faithful to his people. He is enough for his people. He provides for his people. He is the gate, the, the, the shepherd, the, the provision, the hope, the life, the resurrection. He is everything that his people needs. And this is what the I am statements are, are just repeating over and over and over again is that Jesus is enough. And that's what this sermon is all about. You're going to hear me say Jesus a lot this morning. So I hope you're okay with that. Because he is enough. And, and, and this I am statement is powerful. It, it's a little bit associated to the one that we talked about last week where Brian was talking about the resurrection and the life. But let's just jump into it here, all right? 
John 14, 6. And this is Jesus talking to uh, his disciple, Thomas. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Whoa. This passage alone by itself speaks so profoundly. There is no one else but Jesus. There is no other philosophy. There is no other religion. There is no other thing. It's literally him. It's super exclusive in that way. But the beautiful thing is that anyone and everyone who comes to him has access to the Father, and that's the beautiful thing of it. So yes, there is no other way to the Father, there is no other way to the kingdom, but Jesus. But all are welcome to come before Jesus, to believe in Jesus. So this passage alone has so much power, but I think it has so much more power in the context where it's sitting in. Because this is happening at the, just right after the Last Supper. So this is from Jesus' farewell discourse, the scholars call it. But it's like, essentially it's like his last huddle up with his disciples before he parts. So it's pretty important. Listen, all of Jesus' statements and you know, sermons are really important. But this is like the last hurrah before he pieces out. So I think it's, it's something worthy of of giving our attention and really diving into. So in this last discourse, you know, Jesus has been giving them, his disciples, so many rich truths about who he is and what he's doing. You know, he, he talks about how he, he, he uh, is gonna break, he's breaking the bread with them and he's saying that his body will be broken and then he's drinking the wine, he's saying this is my blood and then he's saying all of these things and the disciples are like, whoa, Jesus, what are you talking about, man? Like, what do you mean? And Jesus is just dropping so many of these things on him. So I think, let's, let's put ourselves in the, uh, in the disciples' sandals right now and, and try to, see what, what they're seeing when Jesus is talking all of this stuff. And, and Jesus is saying, you know, he is the way and he's to follow his example. He washes his disciples' feet and he says, you know, this is the way that you ought to act. I wash your feet so now you wash the feet of each other and, uh, and others. And Jesus is, is showing this new way of humility, this way of love, this way uh, that brings life. And, and the disciples are just like, whoa, what is happening? And, and Peter, you know, when the, Jesus is washing his feet, he's like, oh, don't wash my feet. And then Jesus is like, no, it's good to, to, to humble yourself. And then, Jesus, then Peter's like, okay, wash my hands too. <laughs> so all, all of this stuff is going on and then and it, it kind of just like ramps up because then Jesus, Jesus is like, one of you is going to betray me. And all the 12, they're sitting together. They just had a meal together. You know, they had probably had wine and bread and fish and they're just chilling. And then Jesus is like, one of you will betray me. And they're like, what? <laughs> you know, we've been walking together. We've seen the sick healed together. Who's going who's gonna to betray Jesus? And then there's this passage here where kind of Jesus, kind of how it plays out, just to give us a bit of a, an eye into it. In John 13, 26, 28, it says, Jesus responded, it is the one whom I give the bread, I dip in the bowl. So Jesus is, is kind of saying the one who, who, who he gives the bread that he dips in the bowl is the, the one who betrays him. And when he dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, hurry and do what you're going to do. 
None, none of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. So Jesus, uh, you know, foretells that Judas is going to betray him and all of this stuff is playing down, is going down. But the disciples have really no idea what's going on. Um, Judas knows, though, so, so he leaves. And then once Judas leaves, things get real. Things get real. Jesus gets into this, like, so they were kind of in this farewell discourse, but now it's like the farewell, farewell discourse, all right? Jesus gets, gets to it. And he starts talking and, and, and talking about his gruesome uh, crucifixion that's going to happen, yet he doesn't really use uh, graphic detail. He says he will be glorified. He will be glorified and the Father will be glorified. But what he was meaning, that his glory would come from his body being beaten and bruised and taking on the sins of the world and then raising again. So he's talking all of these things are going to happen. And then the disciples are like, whoa, what? And then John 13, 35, Jesus drops a bombshell of a commandment. He says, so I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just, I, just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And this is a, this is a wild commandment because I, th I think I just missed a part here. But it says, love each other just as I have loved you. And that's, that's the key phrase in this commandment. You know, the, 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 the commandment in the Old Testament was to love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. That's not good enough. Love your neighbor as I have loved you. This is the love that brought Jesus to the cross. This is the love that took a man who knew no sin and took upon the sin of the world. This is the kind of love, the kind of love that washes his disciples' feet in spite of him about to be beaten and bruised. This is the kind of love he's asking of his followers, of his people. This is the new standard, a standard that can only be fulfilled by the one giving it, in Jesus. And that's really what this whole sermon is about, we can't, but he can. He is. Jesus is giving this new standard and he's highlighting how he is the only way. That we can't love, we can't live like him without him. But I think as a people, it's so easy to try to love, so easy to try to serve, so easy to try to follow God on our own way, on our own path, with our own effort, but it doesn't work. <laughs> and I do it so much, and I fail so much, and then I'm like, Lord, why, why, isn't, why aren't things working out? It's like, well, you're not relying on me. It's through me. The reason why your love is selfish is because you're not loving through me. So the disciples are hearing all of this stuff, and, and, you know, Peter declares, you know, Jesus, I'm going to die for you. You know, I, I'm going to fight for you. And, and, and Jesus is like, dude, you're going to deny me three times. There's no amount of effort that Peter could do by himself. You know, Peter, he, 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 he tried. He was bold. He was, he was, you know, he was tenacious. Yet so much of the time, he tried to do it on his own strength. Yet Jesus, when he was saying this, he knew that Jesus would deny him, yes. But he also knew that Jesus would one day 
after Jesus has departed, be filled with the Holy Spirit and preach to the thousands and declare the risen Lord. So all of this stuff is going on and the disciples are really confused throughout most of this passage, throughout chapters 13 and 14. But then Jesus starts off chapter 14 in a really comforting way, in, a, in, a, in the real Jesus fashion. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. And this is John 14, 1 to 4. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Trust in God and trust also in me. It's a simple phrase, but it's so powerful. He's saying in spite of all of these uncertainties and confusions and misunderstandings of what you think I'm talking about, just trust in me. Lean on me. Be still and know. When I read that, that's the first thing that popped up to my mind is that be still and know. This is the same heart. And Jesus is saying you can trust in the Father, you can trust in God, but also in me. And this is powerful what Jesus is saying because he's saying him and he, he can, they can equally trust in Jesus just as much as the Father. And that means Jesus is one with the Father. He is with the Father. And this is going over the disciples' heads a little bit. Then he continues on. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you will know the way to where I am going. So Jesus is explaining, you know, guys, you don't have to worry or be stressed out about all these things that are going to happen that are going to go down. Yes, I may leave, but I'm going to actually prepare a place for you. But they thought, you know, physically, okay, Jesus is going to go somewhere and he's going to, you know, establish his kingdom and then we're going to have like houses and stuff and we'll be chilling. But Jesus, but Jesus, he knows what's happening. He knows that him making a way, him making a house for his people is him dying on the cross, taking upon the sin of the world and taking the punishment that was due to us and then raising again in glory, bringing life to what was dead. That is him making a way. It's him renewing and redeeming for them I know they were probably thinking that Jesus would renew that nation of Israel. But what Jesus' plan was was so much more. It was renewing the hearts of every man and woman so that we could be made new and in the image of God, which was good in the beginning. That was Jesus' plan in his heart. That is him making a home for his people. That is him making a home for his disciples. And I love how Jesus says, there's a lot of room There is a lot of room. You don't have to stress. You don't have to worry about making it in. You don't don't need to try to compete or push your way in. There is enough room. And guys, there's enough room for us. There is still plenty of room for every single person in this church, in this auditorium, in this city, in this nation, in this world, in the Father's house. And he has prepared a table for his children to come and dine with him. And that is the beauty and the glory of who Jesus is and what he is doing. But the disciples aren't quite seeing the full picture yet. So Thomas, or uh, yeah, Thomas, he's like, no, Lord, <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? 
I just love how Jesus is dropping these, these truth bombs about who he is, and it's just, there's so much power to it. And then and Thomas is like, wait, so where are you going? How do, how do we get there? <laughs> like, are you going to drop a pin or something? Are you going to send us a Google Maps link so we can ride on our donkeys there or something like that? Like, they, they're, they're thinking, okay, where is he going? How do we get there? <laughs> then Jesus is like, and then Jesus drops the I am statement. <laughs> So I just love that this I am statement just comes after like kind of a dumb question, a legitimate question. To us, it seems kind of silly, but it was a real question. Then Jesus is like, listen, 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 I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. He's, aff- he's affirming them even in their, their confusion that, listen, I am the way. Listen, there is no other way. It's, it's, it's me. It's not this physical kingdom. It's not this philosophy. It's not just a, 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 a command. It's me. He is. He isn't just a prophet or a teacher or a holy man. He is the way to life itself. He's the only way to life with God. He's the only one who can bring a broken, sinful people back to a holy God. He's the only one who actually embodies God in love and justice and peace itself. No one else but him has actually shared life with God. No one else was the word that was with God and was God. It's only Jesus. No one can truly know God while rejecting the person of Jesus. This is what Jesus is telling his commands. Listen, it's me. There's no one else. There's nothing else. It's me. (laughs) And then the the disciples are like, oh, Philip asks, show us the Father. (laughs) This is in John 14, 9 to 11. And then Jesus replies, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me to show him to you? And here Jesus is just further expanding on what he said. Listen, if you see him, you see the Father. You see the great I am that the Israelites were longing would free them from captivity, that the prophets were yearning for to restore the people back to God and the world back to God. And Jesus is saying, here I am. He is the one. He is one with the Father and the Father is one with him. And then he continues on, don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me and does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you've seen me do. And that's wild. (laughs) Jesus is saying, you've seen me. You've seen the holy God. You've seen the one in which Ezekiel describes as, as glorious and just with the angels worship and adore, you've seen him. Jesus is showing them that being with the Father and in his kingdom isn't just this physical thing. It isn't God just restoring Israel. It's his people having relationship with him 
with Jesus. It's their relationship, their proximity, their closeness, them seeing Jesus that gives hope, that gives life. He is the way. It's literally him, the person Jesus. And in him is this new kingdom. In him is this potent and powerful love that we can't have on our own. But it's just him. It's not based off of what we can do, not our works, not our sacrifices. It's him. It's our closeness with Jesus. And, and the disciples, like me and many of us, and, and like me a lot of the time, I get so focused in my own life. I get so focused in trying to build my own little kingdom. And I lose sight of the glory, the power, the majesty, the beauty of who Jesus is. And how it isn't me just reading my Bible more, not me just praying more and becoming a good person. And those things are good. But they're useless without him. It means nothing without him. And, over, and so many times in, in the Old Testament, God is like, listen, stop giving me your sacrifices. I want you. I want you to be with me. I want you to love like me. And that, that heart is still the same. And that's what the heart that Jesus is showing. Be with me. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Trust in me. It's going to be okay. I know you're confused. I know you don't understand. Be with me. I know for us, life is confusing, and we don't know exactly what God is doing. And like Brian preached last week, Lazarus died. And his sisters are wondering, what's going on? Jesus, if you just would have been there, it would have been okay. And in our lives, there's pain, there's brokenness. For some of us, it feels like life is numb and we're just going through. And you're like, is this it? For some of us, it, it, we're, we're low and we can't get out and we're just living it day by day. Some of us, our marriages are falling apart and it feels like there's no way of reconciliation. For some of us, we're kind of just having fun, but it never really fulfills. Listen, at the end of the day, it's Jesus. It's seeing him and being caught up with him that changes those things. It's Jesus saying to his disciples, listen, I know all of the confusion and the hurt that's going on, but trust in me. Be with me. Look at me. That's it. And it sounds simple, and it is, but it's, but it's pretty hard. But that's what Jesus desires of his people. That's what Jesus desired of his disciples is to be with him, to follow him. Listen, I can't hope to follow Jesus' way without him. It's not gonna work. And every time I try to do it, it does not work. I need him desperately. Listen, none of, none of the things that we can do can ever make us worthy or right. It's only him. And I just wanna encourage, if you haven't been spending time with Jesus, this is your message from God saying, do it. Don't wait, just do it. Nike swoosh, just do it, all right? Pray and be with him. Listen, he knows the stuff that you're going through, so there's no reason that you don't bring it to him. He already knows what's the point of hiding it. Guys, let's run to him in our day-to-day 
When when we stop running to him, we stop seeing who he is. And, And lately, I feel like I've been so distracted by just these new and exciting things in life. And it's been so easy to not look at Jesus, but when I look at him, things change. Earlier this week, I was struggling, Lord, what do I talk about? Like, this is such a big statement, what do I do with it? And then on Wednesday, I just had this, I was eating breakfast, and then I had this, just this stirring in my heart just to pray and to worship, and it was just like, whoa, it just, just kind of came and hit me. I was actually reading Psalm 63, and then in, in it, the psalmist is saying, Lord, I ache for you, my body yearns for you, then I'm like, man, I'd like to have that, Lord, because I feel kind of far away from you right now. And then I kind of had this aching in my heart to worship and to be with him, and, and, and so I did, and then he just showed up, and it was so good, and it was so good when he showed up. Now listen, I just got married, so I'm in the honeymoon stage. Things are freaking awesome. But not one of those moments compared to being with that one moment in the presence of the living God. When I see Jesus' face, when he, drew, when he drew near to me while I was eating breakfast, there's nothing like it. And then I, after that, I went to church and I started telling uh, uh, one of the, our staff, Dave, what Jesus was doing. And then all of a sudden, oh, we just get hit again and we start worshiping and we start praising and we kind of just sit in silence like, what? Whoa, he is good. And then uh, Jonathan comes in, the worship leader, and then he kind of sees us just sitting there and he's like, what are you guys up to? And they're like, we're praying. He's like, oh, cool. And then I just kind of start sharing what God was doing in that moment. And then five minutes later, we're all on the ground worshiping. <laughs> Listen, when Jesus shows up, things change. The brokenness, the hurt, the the the... The dullness gets stripped away. The confusion of anxiety of not knowing what's happening, the the, the effort of trying to do it on ourselves just fades away. It's just him. It's just him. And this is what Jesus was showing his disciples. Listen, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my people, it's to love like me. It's to be like me. It's to be with me. And there's there's no other way. There's literally no other way. We can't hope to find the kingdom of God through any other religion, through any other philosophy, through money, through pleasure. It's never going to do it. It's never going to do it. It's never going to be enough. The right political party isn't it. Aligning your chakras isn't it. Healing crystals my self-truth or self-feelings, that's not it. More sex, more pornography, that's not it. It's Jesus. It's Yeshua, the Christ, the living one, the one who sets the captives free, the one in which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. It's only in his presence and in in him that we actually find a way, that we actually find truth, that we actually find life. Every other way is counterfeit. And it's exclusive. But again, there is plenty of room in the Father's house. No matter where we're at, there is a room, there is a place for us to come to Jesus and say, Lord, I need you. Meet with me. Lord, I need you. Dine with me. 
sit with me, there is always a place and a time to do that. In John 3, 14 to 17, Jesus says, And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on the pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that anyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God so loved the world. He gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He came down to be with us. He has made a way for us to be in the Father's house, to be in the Father's kingdom. And this kingdom is nothing that we could do with our own hands. It's only through Jesus. It's only with us letting go of what we could possibly do and abiding in him. It's kind of like if we want to cross the, if we want to hike across Canada, but not using the Trans-Canadian Highway, the Trans-Canada Trail. You, you, you can't make it all the way through Canada without that trail. You're going to be bushwhacking for a while, and you're not going to find your way. And Jesus is saying, I am the way. There is no other way. Guys, we can't do it without him. We can't do this walk without him. How could we possibly show and be the love of Christ if we're not in communion with him, if we're not at his feet, if we're not sitting on his lap, if we're not in proximity with him? It's not going to happen. We're not going to love with his kind of love if we're not near him. So let's run to him. Let's, let's sprint to him. Let's be on our knees before him and say, Jesus, I need you because there is no other. And he is, boy, is he worthy of it. And even though our love and our affection and our following is weak, he still desires it. He still wants it. Even though Peter was struggling, even though Peter, <laughs> he's saying, oh, Lord, you know, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to do all of this for you. But he falls so short and he denies Jesus three times. Jesus still knew that he loved him. The moment that he has at the end of John, uh, end of the book of John, where Jesus, you know, he died on the cross and everything, and then he's back, and then he's with his disciples in his resurrected form. They're sitting at the beach. They just had breakfast together, and Jesus takes Peter aside, and he says, do you love me? And then Peter says, Lord, I love you. And it happens three times, and here we see Peter reinstated. I know for many of us, we feel like Peter, who's denied Jesus. But listen, he was reinstated because he was with Jesus. Because he was with Jesus. Guys, let's be with Jesus. This is a simple message, okay? There's one thing that you get from this is be with your Lord. Be with the one who died for you because he is enough. The things that you're struggling with, the sin that you're dealing with, he is bigger, he is greater. You are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. That is what his word says. There is no other way. You're not going to find it anywhere else, the peace that you're looking for. You're not going to find it apart from him. And Jesus 
Oh, and he has these awesome last words to his disciples, encouraging them. And this is John 14, 23 to 21, or to 23 to 31. I can't do this passage justice with the time that we have. So check it out on your own later on. And it's just Jesus continuing this dialogue with his disciples. He says, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and he will come and make our home. And that's powerful, our home. With each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. Simple as that. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from my Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and he will remind you of everything that I have told you. And that part is huge because it's by the Spirit of God that we can actually live in the ways of God. It's by the Spirit of God that sanctifies us and makes us new into the image of Christ. It's by the Spirit of God that Jesus performed miracles and rose again. It's by His Spirit. And we need His Spirit if we're going to be His people, if we're going to walk in His ways, if we're going to truly abide and be with Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit. And the amazing thing is that gift is for all of us who believe in Him. I'm, giving, I'm leaving you with a gift. This is verse 27. Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going with the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk with you because the ruler of this world approaches, but he has no power over me. But I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Beautiful passage. Jesus is reminding them, listen, my spirit is going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you alone. And that promise is still with us. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to leave us alone. His spirit is with with us and will empower us to love as he has loved. And guys, we need his spirit. Because this world needs to know who Jesus is. This world has rejected its king, but it's longing for the kingdom. It's longing for the peace. It's longing for the hope. It's longing for the life that Jesus is talking about, but it's never going to get it without the king. But Jesus wants to reveal himself through us. So let's draw close to him because the world needs it. We live in a broken world and it's never going to be made new without the power and the love and the life of Jesus. So let's live it out. Let's run towards Jesus. Let's be filled with him. Let's let him make a home in our hearts and not fill ourselves with distractions that bring us away from him. Let's show the world that we know the way and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. But we need him to do it. So guys, let's meet with the shepherd. Let's enter into his gates. Let's know his ways. Let's obey his commands. Let's let his life influence ours. Let's let the truth of who he is guide us, empower, and encourage us to be his people.
So let's draw near to God. His promise is that he'll draw near to us. Amen? I'm just going to close off in a word of prayer here. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for every person that's in this room. Lord, you have called every single person here by name. And your love is for them. And your house is in them. Or you want to build your house in them, God. I pray anything in our lives that's keeping you from further building us and seeing you as the king, as seeing you as the I am, as seeing you as the way, the truth, and the life, that you would push all of those things aside so that we may see you, Jesus. May your presence overshadow and eclipse everything else, God, because you alone are worthy. Lord, I pray that you would fill us with your spirit so that we may live like you and live for you. We can't do it without you, God. Draw us near to you. Draw us near to you, God. We want to answer to your, 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 your word and say, Lord, I am coming. We want to respond to your call and say, Lord, I am coming. God, won't you be near us? Because we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.